Hey, all you Kool-Aid drinkers, welcome, welcome, welcome as Cult Following, the podcast from the fine folks who bring you Cult Classics AZ every month in Tempe, Arizona. Join the 27 Club with our latest podcast. We're going to catch up on some of the stuff we've been watching through the end of 2015 as we've entered the new epoch of 2016. And we'll have an interesting uh, main event that Adam will brief us in as we get closer to that point. I'm one of your three hosts, Victor Marino, along with Adam Rutkowski. Meow. And Kirby Nelson. And the three of us are just big movie fans. We like talking about genre film, cult film, horror, sci-fi, exploitation, you name it. We probably have 30 films about it in our respective libraries. Uh, If you enjoy what you hear. Libraries. Libraries. Because we're going nuclear here. Nuclear. Uh, If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes, Occult Following. And if you really like us, give us a review. Because... We'd love to hear what you think. Yes, reach out and touch us. Exactly. And uh, lately, we've been, we've been writing a lot of reviews about some of our favorite holiday movies, some of our favorite holiday experiences on the website, cultfollowing.co. So you should totally check that out and leave us some comments. Get us some spirited debate going. And on Facebook at facebook.com. Oh, and it's already started. AZ. There has been some spirited debate. Oh, yeah. If you want, if you want to jump in, find a review of the Hateful Eight 70 millimeter Roadshow. The gloves have been thrown down. And if you want to meet us in person and have an issue with us, hey, find us <laughs> on January 16th. If you want to kick our ass at Poly Tempe Cinemas, because oh god, we're gonna have a Ninja Turtle pizza party. Mm. So we will cool your rage down. So we'll, we'll kill him with kindness. Exactly. You'll have a pizza, and we'll laugh together. Get tickets at pizzaparty.bpt.me or at all your neighborhood Z record stores. Ding! I wouldn't pick a fight with me. Just throwing that out there. I'm the Raphael in this crew, so... Yeah. Some rage issues. Yeah. I'm more the uh, Michelangelo. I'm always eating something. Adam? I don't know. He can't. Adam is totally the Donatello here. Mm. Donnie. He's mm. the Corey Feldman. Adam is group. the smarterest of us all. He's he goes to the library frequently. Library. Library. He knows how to pronounce it in nuclear. <laughs> now I want to watch the episode of The Simpsons. Nuclear. No, the Homer one where the Charlie takeoff where you be he gets the crayon removed and becomes oh, that's high, right. super inte- well, quote unquote super intelligent. That's why we said library. That's the very first thing I thought of. Yeah. I was thinking of that. I no longer say library or tomorrow <laughs> Tomorrow. So it's been a while since we've been in the in the podcast studio together. I and know. one thing that's been in uh, just ripping me apart since last time, uh-huh. and why I got such a strange look from you, and then why my wife Anne has given me a hard time of it, I keep calling the walk the wire. The walk? The walk. Oh, the walk. The, the man Joseph, on a wire movie. Yes, the fictional or the whatever. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I kept calling it the bite wire. Adam on the sixteenth. I, I just assumed. It. I just assumed in uh, the the re the reimagining with Joseph Gordon Levitt, he was walking on a tightrope across Baltimore. Hence the wire. It just would have made better sense, but I the Inside. walk is such a terrible name for that. It is a terrible name, but of course the wire is this you know the you know this great t- 
television show. They could have called it Walk the Line. No, that wouldn't have worked either. Damn it. Anyway, I just had to say, yeah, that I I foobarred on that. It happens. It did, and it did. Confess your sins, boy. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess we should probably talk about some of the stuff we've been watching. What have you been watching, Adam? What, me? Uh, I'm going to go through these pretty fast. I did watch The Ridiculous Six. Oh, God. Uh, and I watched You're it all the way through. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Brave man. I, uh, I think Adam's becoming a resident uh, Adam Sandler expert between be. this and be. The Cobbler. It, I might be. Yeah. And Pixels. Did you uh, watch Eight Crazy Nights, too, just to just I, completely fuck your life? No, I can't get through Eight Crazy Nights. No, nor could I. It's actually still the worst movie I've ever seen, period. And My- I usually can, you know, stomach animation, even if the story's bad, I, you know, just visually stimulating, but it, there's, like, no redeeming qualities to it whatsoever. None. The funniest thing to me is uh, anytime I finish playing a movie on Netflix the last week or so, at the end, it automatically wants to start playing the, the that Ridiculous is Six. That and is I'm true. like, no! <laughs> That's like getting the U2 album on your iTunes, you know, and you didn't ask for it or on your phone or whatever. How long is it? How uh, many episodes? What? It's a movie. It's a movie. Oh, is it just a movie? Yeah, I thought it was a, a show. No. no. So, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible movie. I saw the trailer. I'm not even going to do an Adam Sandler impression. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I would... I I wouldn't give it an F. I mean, probably like maybe a D plus or something like that. I mean, it really doesn't. I, well, maybe this he, he Adam Sandler. This is more of the role that he was that he should be playing right now because he was very stoic, and that's just how he is. I it, um, I feel like he was that way in Pixels too. No, like, no, no. That's what I'm saying. He's, yeah, he's always like that now. Yeah, he was like that in the Cobbler too. He's been like that for years, but because he was. Uh, you know the the very soft spoken Indian, mm-hmm. or or I guess adopted, you know, into the tribe. That he uh, that persona fits the way that he's been oh, in his movies lately. He's entered the Jimmy Stewart age of his career, where he's just like, ah, shucks. You well, know. He just looks so bored every time he's in anything. You know, he's just sitting there like cashing his check. Like I'm so tempted to do an impression, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I, I just don't know what he does now. I mean, it's kind of like. It's just like, I mean, I was kind of surprised with Pixels because I was like, I figured it was just going to be Grown Ups 3, you know? Mm-hmm. I assume Pixels probably only got a uh, release because of the video game nostalgia thing. I mean, a big box office release. Um, and because, like, uh, Josh Gad and Kevin James and it's a Sony movie. Right. So, in your adventurous life, Adam, did you also watch the Rob Schneider one, too? Uh, the TV show? The Real Rob, isn't that it? You know what? I actually started watching that, and I really don't like Rob Schneider, but I'm actually enjoying the show. That's what everyone's been saying, so I've yeah. been meaning to watch it, because I'd have a hard time. I consider Rob Schneider's career path, especially in the late 90s, early aughts, to be... Uh, you, you didn't enjoy the Deuce Bigelow franchise? The European Gigolo it was very much a classic. You know, actually, the one I think about is that I can actually attest that I you saw. You know, it. that was feeding Eddie Griffin's family. That that it was because it sure wasn't. What was the one he was in? A red Lane or something? The one where he crashed the sports yeah. car and that really ended his career. Two thousand six, yeah. one of the um, most expensive bombs ever made. But uh, what is his? Uh, no, I I actually saw. I remember in theaters the animal. Not one of my prouder moments. In, Hence in the, the second, silent moment. In, in the second run theaters? or in? No, I think that was first run. Wow. Yeah, some secret shame there. I also think, I don't <laughs> think I saw... You're expecting it to be the next Dr. Doolittle? Or the hot chick? Or, or yeah. what, what was oh. this? 
All I can think of is the Rob Schneider is a carrot. Like it. That's pretty. <laughs> that's much pretty much what that it was, was the trajectory yeah. of his career, career in the odds. Yeah. So just like the uh, build a Will, Will Ferrell movie, you know, meme. It's like Will Ferrell plus a sport equals next Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Uh, other than that ridiculous movie. Uh, Hateful Eight, like you said, is on our uh, cultfollowing.co under reviews. Yeah, I posted my review of Hateful Eight. I enjoyed it. I think it's much better than Django Unchained, personally. I'd, I'd probably rank it about the same as, like, um, Inglorious Bastards and Jackie Brown. Mm. Uh, I was less favorable on it. Mm. I saw the roadshow. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I didn't really care about seeing it on actual film. Really? Yeah. See, this is the thing. I, I, I have to wonder, I mean, this might enter into controversy around later on so you guys can confront me more. But, I mean, we're all in our, like, you know, you know, late 30s or, you know, whereabouts area. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or some of us are older. Whereabouts. You know, yeah. that's our, that's pretty much our age range, you know, for the most part, wide. Um, but I... You know, we all grew up watching movies on film. This is how, like, every, you, you, you know, like I saw Naked Gun 33 and one-third on 35 millimeter. Sure. I saw, like, any movie. And you everything could, was, yeah. Yeah, on film. Right. So I feel like Quinn Tarantino and Christopher Nolan do have a certain nostalgia for the mm-hmm. format. But for the most part, I, and I've, I've talked about this in the past, I'd, I think well done digital it is looks pretty much the same on film. It all comes down to cinematography. Mm-hmm. And like Wally Pfister is a very good cinematographer and that's probably why Christopher Nolan is so gung ho about, you know, film and stuff. It, it about film as a stock. And um for the most part, um like I could see reasons why Tarantino used seventy millimeter and I've talked about it in my review mainly because it gets an ultra amount of detail and he uses fuzzy depth of field to like focus on characters faces Mm -hmm. there's ways you can do that with an ultra red camera Mm -hmm. you know so it's more like you know he's playing with it trying to bring it back i don't think someone who goes to see digital film all the time is really going to notice that big of a difference right but to me it's like the communal experience like i like the roadshow aspect mm-hmm. of it because you have an overture with music there's an intermission you get a program mm-hmm. so it's creating this kind of like play mentality yes and the hateful eight totally seems like a play you could stage that as a play Absolutely. it's all in one room correct so that's what i enjoyed about it i think ultimately um because I, I still haven't seen The Revenant, which I think was shot on digital, and I want to see the vistas in that compared to the ones in mm-hmm. The Hateful Eight. And snow see. versus snow. Yeah. Well, the big part I know with The uh, Revenant, one of the things I wanted to see the most, I haven't seen Hateful Eight yet, but with The Revenant is, is that it was shot in all natural light. Yeah. And that I'm extremely excited to see, for especially Ooh, for like the... Uh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, from what I read, uh, there's some days where they were only able to film 90 minutes. And to me, it's like I'm, you know, I, I it, it's taken me a while to uh, warm up to uh, Alejandro Inaratu, but I did, I did when I finally did see Birdman, I did enjoy it. I want to see what the point of the Revenant is before I really take a stand on it either way. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, hatefully, I love like I agree with you. I I love the aspect of the road show and having the experience and and getting all that neat stuff. And it really wasn't much more 
um, than if you were to see like a 3D movie. At, you know, it's the same price. Yeah. Uh, and plus, you got all your swag and whatever. And I totally forgot that you got the the book with it and everything, which was really. It's cool. a really nice program. Um, um, I will say that. But uh, the the movie itself, I was kind of so so on. You know, I could take it, leave it. I don't. Um, but whatever. Uh, I wish they'd do more road show type events. I will say that. The closest thing I get is when, especially Victor, has been kind enough to allow me to go to numerous screenings over the years. Not just the chintzy kind of like, oh, it's free in the college times, but like actually getting either VIP scene or some of the better swag and stuff like that. But it's the actual experience of the Q&A afterwards that's so enjoyable. Yeah, I like those. There, ha- From what I've seen, there hasn't been a lot this year. So hopefully next year we'll see more of that. Uh, Star Wars, we did that for a podcast for Cinema Fantastical, and that's just how I feel. That's where it all is on there. Um, Was this your third showing, Adam? I've seen it twice. Oh, okay. I want to see it more times, but uh, just time is a factor mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, but the the last movie I will mention is He Never Died, the Henry Rollins. Oh, I want to see that. Film. Is that on VOD or did you it's, see? It? It's VOD. It's they they say it's like a a, a bl- kind of a black horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really get the horror elements out of it. It it kind of felt like you know like a like a John Wick. Um, there was another movie that I, I was kind of feeling the prophecy kind of sort of too. Interesting. If you kind of like mix those together, uh, Henry Rollins doesn't want anything to do with his, um, previous life and the types of things that he did. So he, he isolates himself in his, uh, in his room and sleeps most of the time and doesn't really interact with a lot of people, goes to the same place to eat every day and, uh, then gets, um, thrown back into, um, the old circumstances that he used to deal with through happenstance of this, um, of his, uh, newly, his reunited daughter. Mm. Oh, uh, Equalizer, the movie, the Equalizer. That's where um, the daughter thing kind of reminded me of how he, um, yeah, was protecting this girl and everything from these other people and was making him get back into his old routines and what he was good at. It's not a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. It sets up for a sequel, which kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, I just wish it just you know wrapped up as opposed to left it open-ended. Uh, That's, yeah, I, I, we were talking off air how another movie we saw recently kind of goes off the rails when it tries that. Yeah. But you know, it was it was it was okay. It's not it bad, is interesting you know? though. I have noticed that that's being advertised heavily in like horror magazines, like Horror Hound and Room War, and on like sites like Bloody Disgusting and stuff. Like I've seen a lot of heavy advertising for. I mean, I mean, I loved Rollins and like Wrong Turn Two, and you know some of his other films he's made. Feast. Strangely, the first time I saw the poster, the first thing I actually thought was the crow. Sure, that's Strang- what I assumed. Is what this I kind, kind of, of was like a crow type thing. Yeah. So. That's yeah. interesting to hear that it's... Yeah, I, I, I wanted to see it uh, when we went up for Beyond Fest because uh, Rollins was there and I think Shepard Ferry was doing a Q&A, but we didn't get around to it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, it was after we were... Right when we were leaving, I think, so it wouldn't have worked out time-wise. Cool. That's it for me. Uh, Kirby? Um, yeah, I caught up on a lot. Uh, I was actually sick last week, so that's where I'll start off is that I had... um. 
10 hours to spare, so I watched the entire Making a Murderer in one sitting. Um, Haven't seen it yet. Everybody is talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah, I've I, watched like four episodes of yeah. it so far. I can honest, I probably was only paying attention during the first three or so. But it's it's pretty interesting. It looks well, like uh, it reminds me a lot of the Jinx, the Robert Durst yeah, documentary, and Serial. I and definitely I think that there's. I mean, I, you know, obviously Dateline, you know, 2020 ran reports that kind of stuff. You know, you have channels like MSNBC and obviously uh, whatever the one Nancy Grace is on. I mean, people have a fascination with true crime. I, I'm a huge true crime aficionado. I mean, definitely in the darker realms and stuff, but. I've seen a couple, I mentioned earlier, I saw a documentary this year um, in one of our podcasts long ago, a, a, a documentary called Divorce Corp. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it just completely changed the way I felt about at least that section of the legal system. It was really interesting, encouraged me to read more. And that's why it's about making a murderer is, I mean, I don't think I've been that angry in so long at the system and how it works. And just because... You know this is real, and um, I, definitely about socioeconomic issues because that's really at the heart of this. And um, you know, it just kind of has a feel like um, I don't know, kind of like a lot of turn of the century fiction about like a hated family uh, in a town, and it's just like you kind of don't think that stuff exists anymore. But there's plenty of rural or semi-rural environments out there where this is completely commonplace, and to be railroaded by the system, it's like. Whatever you end up believing or not believing about the case, um, the one thing I will say, paramount above all else, is this documentary was shot in real time. It is 10 years of work, and it shows. Mm. And the biggest part I liked about it, which I can understand where Victor is coming from, that you don't want to, uh, you know, some of the, especially the courtroom proceedings can get pretty dry. I think that the filmmakers, they they both really tried to, um, you know, only hone in on what was crucial to the case uh you know but i i just i can't say enough good things i mean everybody's talking about and it really is this time for a reason um and i i mean i just don't know what else to say it's probably one of the best things i've seen all year without a doubt say like um uh, one of the things i've read about it is a lot of people because you know clearly netflix made it based on the success of like serial and like actually netflix didn't make it netflix no no no. they bought, bought it. it they yeah. bought it but yeah. basically they bought it based on the success oh, of serial and the jinx but um from what i you know from what i've seen of it so far i think it owes a lot more to like the um paradise lost documentaries oh, yeah. and- especially the fact that like um especially like the jinx and serial both have like essential narrator type character you know like andrew jarecki in uh the jinx and you know sarah from uh serial were like basically they're trying to be like as like an npr type character where it's like oh well am i gonna find i'm i i had an idea of what was going on but now i didn't know and this one there's no narrator the whole thing is just this the 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 narrative is just swept along through phone conversations and like, I mean, and there's some stuff in there that's like genuinely bothersome. Like, um, the fact that like one of the biggest witnesses against the guy is, is, you know, mentally like disabled, like nephew. And, uh, the fact that you get to see pretty much the whole time he's being interrogated and his nephew, it's really like, Whoa. Yeah. It's, I mean, I just, I, I mean, 
I've always been anti-death penalty. I'm, I've always supported the Innocence Project. I believe that um, the way the justice system works in this country is, is really predicated heavily on and enabled by the public that thirst for what they believe to be justice. And it's just either revenge or even worse, apathy. And um, I just, it's something where to see it played out so much, what I really am happy to see more beyond just the documentary is that people are getting involved mm -hmm. and getting interested and not in some slacktivist kind of way, even though that exists, but more about that people are, are genuinely interested more in about, well, if this happened here, what else is going on and seeking out other cases. Yeah. So definitely well, I th yeah, thumbs up. I think so too. That's probably a good way to look at it. Uh, what else did you say? I was going to say something, the, uh, but my, uh, my uh, no mind just totally slipped at the last on, second. On the less intelligent side of film, I watched uh, Dead Rising Watchtower. Oh, I talked about that a long time ago. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. The most, Rob Riggle is pretty funny in it. Yeah, though. and uh, it's strange. I was like, is that Virginia Madsen, who I just yes. saw at Monster Palooza a couple years ago? Um, super, like, one of the nicest people I've met. Um, but, you know, I played the Dead Rising games. I enjoyed them. Um. Yeah. The the his, yeah. It's his not even based on the. It's basically yeah. the Dead Rising games happened, and you know it's the, its own story with yeah. characters. It's like a sequel to them yeah. set years later. But um, you know, fun for a watch. I don't think I'd ever watch again. Way too long. It's almost two hours. Oh, yeah. And it, I I thought you know it's got weird fades in it. It looks like it's supposed to be like no. A show. I think it was supposed to be a web series that they was made that it? Into yeah. That's why I figured. Yeah. Um. Also, I did check out. I know we were talking about this a little bit before we started. Um, Sicario. I did end up catching at the Dollar Theater, and um, uh, I know Victor's gonna about to watch it. Um, you know, I hadn't really heard much about it. Uh, the two things I can say without a doubt, and I think a lot of other people have said this: cinematography is gorgeous, mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Um, and Benicio del Toro's performance is stellar. Yeah. Um, beyond that and stuff, it's definitely a watch. Watch and see what you think. I thought some of the characters and some of the storyline were a little weak, but I think they did. The, I mean, or almost a little. It, I would say it's like the first forty-five minutes is unmatched, and then they, you think they're going to delve a lot further down the rabbit hole than they do. And then the last 45 minutes for me wasn't nearly as strong, mm -hmm. but still, but Benicio del Toro carried it when it needed to be. Yeah, it's like I started watching it the other day and then I stopped because I realized, oh, I, I'm going to have to pay attention to this movie. Like it's, it, it's very like, it looks like a slow build. The one thing that threw me off right at the beginning is it starts with a uh, SWAT team raid in Chandler. Yeah, it does. And it's clearly not Chandler at all. Like, it's clearly, like, in Mexico or, like, you know, New the closest thing looks like is very rural Maricopa at best. Hmm. Anyway, but, yeah, it just threw me off. Like, literally, like, the first half hour of the movie looks is set in Chandler. Hmm. Yeah. And then um, I did watch also another one um, is uh, Knock Knock. I still haven't is, watched uh, that. Eli Roth's newest one. Um, besides the Green Inferno, which was delayed, but this is his film this year. Um, you just—it's one of those films. Um, so, without giving away, of course, the plot, just to uh, summarize it quick, it's a home invasion movie. So, is this the Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yes, it is Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves in the beginning, um, besides his questionable facial hair, 
is I mean, and his acting ability is very weak. It, it, I don't know if it was intentionally done to play it so kind of almost wacky in the beginning. Um, and then the way it descends kind of into madness with the whole, um, uh, you know, who his house guests are and stuff like that, um, which is totally clear if you've seen the trailer. I'm not giving anything away. But, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of these films um, and I think it's because one, it's one of the few topics in horror that kind of makes me uncomfortable is the idea of home invasion I mean um, you know films like them the strangers inside uh, even obviously like high tension but classic stuff like straw dogs um, you know I just think there's something there in that topic matter um, that works so well, but I mean, I, I, there are other films too that I mean, I don't think enough people talk about. There's better home invasion stuff. I mean, Your Next, I think, was underrated, but it's almost comic booky. While other films, like two ones, I think are super underrated. An old film called Neighbor, um, and then there was another one that was made about eight or nine years ago. And then definitely for me was the film Eden Lake, which isn't a direct home invasion, but has the same feeling, and it's just unsettling. But this film, it just, honestly, the only thing I can say about it is it made me actually super angry because I can imagine people thinking about what these guests do as being justified. And it's just, because I like films like The Strangers and stuff where it's like, there is no reason why. Mm. And in this film, it's like a little chintzy on that. Mm. So, Well, that's one of those That's one of those things where it's a subgenre, where you say it's a home invasion movie, there's certain expectations there are better examples as well. So it's really hard sometimes to live up to when there's been so, like, really, really good examples. I think it, it, it's a good idea. It's just that it just doesn't get carried very well in the respect that... Um, well, it has a lot to live up to. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, towards the end, he gets a lot better and stuff. And, and no, it's very true. It's a good point. I just think, too, that it's where... The, what I mean by it and stuff is until you've seen it, it there it's why they're doing it is one of the um like i said it's really sickening to think that there are people in the audience who would cheer it it's almost like the definition in a way of of what it's funny that it would never be considered this way and somebody would say well it's because it's happening to a man mm -hmm. oh that's the other film i really want to say it's analogous to is hard candy sure um yeah, yeah. so definitely uh, we're checking out mm -hmm. and i'll wrap it up quick with my last one is the netflix which I didn't even know this was coming out, so I'll say it real quick, but was F is for Family, mm -hmm. which is Bill Burr's animated series. It's just like six episodes if you want to check it out. It's like a couple hours of your time. Um, Bill Burr is probably like my favorite living comedian right now. Um, and there's some really great parts of this show that it's got kind of a King of the Hill animation style and tone, obviously, with a lot more profanity. I mean, this is totally uncensored. Um, and if you've never seen Bill Burr, he is—he definitely um, has no rain on his mouth. So it's—it's it's a lot of fun, um, it, you know. But at the same time, I just don't think his style that he does for stand-up um, translates well hmm. to the animated format. I just felt like it felt derivative in a lot of respects. So it was—it was there was a couple episodes that totally were great, and then there was a few that just, especially like the pilot episode. I would try to get beyond that, and um, I don't know if either of you guys watched that one yet, but Not it's one to give it a shot, and then I think the only thing I was going to say was because Victor and I saw the trailer 
uh, at the last Screamorama we went to in April, and it was such a great trail. I was like, I gotta check this out. It was uh, Doctor Black and Mister Hyde? Oh my god, yeah, that's um, right. So to end it on a more posy note, but it was uh, the best trailer I've seen in a long time. And the uh, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. But uh, I my, still want to see it. See it just for the climbing the Watts Towers. Yeah, climbing the Watts Towers. It is um, my Bernie new, Casey, right? Yeah, it is yeah. my new favorite whiteface movie, without a doubt. Like it is is glorious. Like that part. Um, but it's actually it's well done in, in a lot of respects too. Um, unfortunately, I think it's VCI put it out. The the materials is a lot of hiss and stuff, but it's still still fun. I had mm. fun watching it, so it's it's worth checking out. I think I'm gonna watch uh Blackenstein next. So <laughs> make it a black exploitation week. There you go. You know, I, I have to just interject real quick that when you said with um uh knock knock mm-hmm. how the audience would cheer at a certain point, but what if the tables were turned? Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. I'm going back to Hateful Eight again. When I saw it, there were people laughing their heads off. Every time, uh, what's her name? Domergu. Uh, Domergu got railed in the face. Yeah. There were it, people like laughing in the theater when that was happening? Some people were. Cause I think like consistently throughout the whole thing. I'm Anytime trying to remember. I, yeah, basically. I think because the way it was first set up was almost comical. Because, like, oh, you, well, we had people who would not stop laughing. Yeah. Because I think it's more, it's more along the lines of they weren't like cheering at her being beat but more at kurt russell hitting her because he was like i talked to like basically he's presented as like a lovable prick yeah and let me make it clear because it's not a bad point to bring up i just want to fish it up and stuff i don't have any problem with violence against men in movies in Mm. fact i don't think there's enough of it sure I, i like um to the table's turn. I mean, I not just in rape revenge, but even just where the antagonist, where there is nothing, there's no predecessor to that. With this film, like I said, the way it's built upon, it's just... It, it, the thing is, what makes it good is, is that it's sadly super realistic that yeah. someone would do it this way. But the fact that people would identify that with, I think is the scariest part of all sure. of that yeah. horror movie. I, so. I will say, like, especially probably part of the reason that... Uh, him hitting Jennifer Jason Lee's character to, for comedic effect or whatnot is part of, part of the reason is that it's a western. You know, you see westerns and that does. I, I still don't forgive. No, I'm for laughing no, at I'm that. saying that's clearly why Tarantino did it. So because in that placing it in a period piece somehow makes it more like acceptable in a film sense. Okay, but clearly it does say something that people are identifying with that action is comical there's no good character in that movie correct yeah you shouldn't (laughs) empathize no it's like i was saying you shouldn't empathize with anything it's more like you're watching this and seeing where it goes sure yeah i was just i was just commenting on yeah on that okay uh victor I really don't have that much. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff, but I'm not really going to talk about a lot of it. Um, I saw The Hateful Eight. Check out the review on cultfollowing.co. You can probably p- check out where I landed on it there. Um, funny things I've seen recently. Um, I saw this 2012 Nicolas Cage movie called Stolen, <laughs> which is basically uh, it's directed by Simon West, the same guy who directed Gone in 60 Seconds. With Nicholas Cage, was this even released? Is it, it taken? It, it's 
it's like taken very much um originally this movie was called medallion because uh, it's about uh uh, medallion medallion and here's why it's called this um basically it's very similar to gone in 60 seconds in that uh you know nicholas cage was a robber he he stole like 10 million dollars at one point he went to jail it's no more like con air basically um he gets out of jail and uh it turns out like all his ex-partners like this is where it becomes like gone there's uh malin ackerman she plays like angelina jolie's character in gone in 60 seconds where she's a bartender who's become like straight and uh one of the, his partners got shot on the leg during the robbery, so he had it a- amputated. So he kidnaps Cage's daughter, who he's left jail tr- on a quest to see, in a cab. So the rest of the movie is Nicolas Cage trying to find his daughter in a cab. So medallion, like a cab company. Wasn't that a Jackie Chan movie? Probably. It's, no, it's in the super derivative. Like... It, it seems like you're watching it, it reminds you of like any of a dozen movies while you're watching no, no, it. Just the title, the yeah. medallion. Yeah. Discussing Nicholas Cage plot you're, points is, yeah. is, is futile. So. Yeah. No, I, I actually found it enjoyable. It do, it totally seems like a bad B movie that you could totally watch. And it's just like, ha this is hilarious. Oh, that's the one I was trying to think. Of. I was going to start saying something like, Hey, do you remember that film? Now I remember it was Bangkok dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to, which remember- also had, yeah, Nicholas Cage. Well, no, no, no. I'm trying to remember some of the recent Nicholas Cage. I saw a trailer for it, a new one for him it was pay the ghost. Yeah. And I was like, like, yeah, that's something. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. No, I, like, I fell into a Nick Cage hole. I watched that. After that, I watched National Treasure. Then I watched um, Lord of War. Lord of War is like really good. I would totally watch National Treasure or Lord of War. But I'm talking, when you talk about the Nick Cage black hole, you know. He's just to doing the any of, movie now. And the, that's the thing. Like, you know, the one I mentioned before, Rage. To the depths of his uh, receding hairline. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, I've noticed is he's gone into low-budget work. They can't afford his, like, you know, nice wigs. It's, you know, it's like you're watching Nicolas Cage from, like, you know, five, six years ago when he was still doing real movies. And, mm-hmm. like, he still looks good. And you're like, no, it was all the wigs. Well, it's because he has, he has taxes to pay off. Yeah. He's it's got terrible. a Wesley Snipes problem. Yeah, the Snipes problem. Yeah. They should just do a movie together. They should do like... Uh, Money Train Tang- again. Tango yeah. <laughs> Tango and Cash 2 or something. Or he could get like a bad TV show like Wesley Snipes has. The Player. He has a yeah, show? Yeah, that's already done. Isn't they it got like canceled getting, already? He, I'm sorry, he know. had a show? Yeah, he. it's some kind of like a casino thing. Yeah, no, he was dead yeah. in the water before it even aired. Yeah. See, he could. what he could have done is he could have done Blade the series and not let Sticky Fingers do it. Even yeah. though Sticky Fingers did a good job. Onyx for life. <laughs> it's, uh, but I mean, I just couldn't believe. It, it's, I don't know, man. I, I think Wesley Snipes thinks he's Chris Tucker. And it's like, I can just do movies when I want. Chris Tucker, I think, only does a movie every like five he does. years. He's li- Silver Lines Playbook was literally, yeah. I think, one of the last movies he's done. I didn't even know he was in that. I didn't watch that movie. That wasn't Rush Hour. Well, then I saw that one, The Joy, the trailer, and it was all the people from Silver Lines Playbook. And I yeah, was like, David O. Russell, like, based he every movie he makes has Jennifer Lawrence and or uh, Robert De Niro. No, 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 not Robert. Oh, uh, uh, Bradley. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, because that's where he gets his yearly Oscar nomination from. It's true. Yeah, four years in a row. Jesus. Anyway, five. Uh, and I saw the Green Inferno just to finish this off. Um, you know, uh, when I was seeing off the air, basically, uh, you know, the Green Inferno. It was, it's what they call, you know, the Amazon section in um, 
Cannibal Holocaust. The movie's dedicated to Ruggiero Diodato, the man who directed it. But the whole movie is basically a ripoff of Cannibal Ferox, directed by Umberto Lunzi, who Ruggiero Diodato hates. So take that or leave it. I actually think it's surprisingly watchable, except for... And good. Like, I, I bought it. I'll watch it again. I will say that I thought, again, all the deaths are ridiculous. That's how it's pretty much like uh, Cannibal Ferox. Uh, and it has an after the credits tag that is completely yeah. stupid and ruins yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, but they're going to do a sequel, so I guess they had to do it. I have no desire to see the sequel. I don't know why they need to do a sequel. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I liked it. I Surprisingly, I, I liked it quite a bit. Except for that end was just like Resident Evil or something. It, it, to, yeah, you know, it's really stupid. That's actually a spot on assessment. That's actually what, <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. It was basically yeah. like a Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like I, I've watched. I have Cannibal Holocaust on you know DVD and Blu-ray. I, I watch it more than once a year. You know, it's very rewatchable. You know, it has a timely message. I think. Um, I will. It's probably one of the only found footage movies I liked. I will say I was super happy this wasn't a, ha- a found footage movie. Right. You know, um, they took an interesting angle with it. And then, like, when it when they get Meet the Tribe, it just turns into, like, you know, uh, Cannibal Ferox. But it's still pretty good because they do good character work early on. There's good actors. Mm-hmm. It's not horrible like that last Ty West movie, The Last Sacrament, I think it's called. Sacrament, I think it's just called. Where oh, it's just the like Jim Jones. Yeah, one. where it's just like, oh, we're making fun of Vice. And then they go into... The rainforest, and then it just becomes the Jonestown massacre, word for word. And I'm like, oh my god, this is unwatchable garbage. I can't believe I rented this. Yeah, and I like the color palettes too that they worked with. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a pretty movie. Well, and the the I mean, I do think it's obviously timely with the uh, current state of social justice, quote unquote. Oh and no, it's based it, on the internet. I thought that was clever, well done, and stuff. And I like I told both Victor and Adam. I genuinely, with the exception of the aforementioned horrible stinger kind of part, the ending is great. I loved the direction he went in. Mm-hmm. I just and I thought the the kills are great. The the appearance of the tribe was incredible. The uh, Adam said the the color palette, the visual cues. I mean, they just light up the screen. Mm-hmm. But then it's just um, it's just one of those things. It's enjoyable. You know, if it was made in the eighties, people would be like, "Oh, it's a wonderful." cannibal film you know Mm. since they were making so many of them but i think now it's kind of like you know people are trying to revive the campbell film hill and there and i just i don't think it for some reason just doesn't ring true as well as some of the other subgenres they've tried to resurrect yeah so that's basically all i needed to uh, yeah it hasn't hit its zombie stride yet i don't think anything's gonna hit the (laughs) zombie zombie stride ever but it's yeah I don't know. I keep waiting for werewolves to come back, but it yeah, still is. They keep trying to make it happen, but it doesn't. I mean, uh, well, the Wolfman surely did not make. No, I mean the like classes. late phases this year. Yeah, they try that. I mean, I just don't think anybody's gonna make an American Wolf for a Howling anytime. Ginger Snaps, I think, was Teen the Wolf. last. Teen Wolf. The last film that I can think of that was truly like a great werewolf yeah. movie. Teen but, Wolf is doing really well for yeah. TV. Oh, and uh, I the find, show. Yeah. Oh, the Teen Wolf show, actually. I guess I've mentioned a couple times podcast was way better than I expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I finally saw Fifty Shades of Grey. That'll definitely make my worst of this year. Um, Why? It's just the dialogue. is. There's no chemistry between the leads. Why did you watch it? Um, We were just watching because we thought it'd be funny. And I hadn't seen it. And it was just like so predictable to the point where I was predicting entire exchanges of dialogue when it happened 
you know, it's just, it's bad. It's bad. Well, yeah. That's it's not even sexy. It's that, not, yeah, you know, like the main girl is Dakota Johnson, and then like she's got a cute face, and you get to see her a lot, and she's just really not that attractive, and the main guy's not that attractive. Sorry, I'm <laughs> clicking because it's my mental, like, ah. Oh, he's know. counting off the game. And, it, it, and then the thing is, it it does. It's not even a movie. There's no arc. Like you know, there's no real arc. It's just kind of like there's the character progression stops somewhere, and it ends at a really weird point. Like to the point where like, what? That's really where this movie ends. Well, it's the whole thing was just a total cash grab. It was for the people that like that. You know, the the uh, the housewife porn book mommy porn mommy yeah. porn and then they said well we got to make the movie well and from what i understand this movie i think this movie came out in like february of this year yeah yeah well, so it totally week. it totally it falls into that whole like dump movies thing we were talking about last well, year. valentine's yeah movie. but i just looked at, i mean i when i i've always worked in offices and i constantly have women i worked with that were reading it so i just pick it up off their desk and start reading it aloud and it was i mean not to sound like totally like a gay man but this is like the most vanilla thing i think i've ever yeah. read i mean well, it was it, just it, like i mean come on man yeah. you really think this is like super like bdsm no, or like i feel erotic? i feel bad for dakota johnson because you could clearly tell she was trying to act in this movie <laughs> like no like she's a good actress i've seen her in other things and she's like conveying a lot through her face and the guy she's opposite against he's just a horrible actor it's just so wooden she might as well be acting opposite furniture i, I really hope someday if they haven't i i know there are some examples i think in the 70s that i was told about i've only heard these things but i'm waiting for the uh the human dinosaur porn so mm. there's a whole series of books where it's i don't know what it's what they call them but it's dinosaur Adams into the deep with... web. No, yeah. I've actually, yeah. you know, where I first heard this is there's an English magazine called Bazaar mm-hmm. that I used to love when I was in high school and stuff. Cause, cause it's like about the time the internet was getting big, but I learned definitely about the dinosaur. That's the first time I ever learned about furries. Um, what was the other one? People, you know, fuck cars, oh, yeah, uh, people, oh, people who are into like inflate. No, I mean, just like, I mean, they do I just love, I love my car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, like, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, people are into inflatable pool toys, mm. um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know, right. like forty or fifty subgenres, and then of course the internet has opened it up. But I would not be surprised. I mean, literally opened it up. Opened it up, <laughs> especially with um, you know, like the world of fan fiction and stuff like that. Obviously, anything. I mean, was it on the internet? Rule thirty four, something like that. It's like anything can be porn, right? And it really can. I mean, so it's hit a point where. I mean, but wouldn't that that would be so much more interesting to watch as opposed to Fifty Shades of Grey? Peter, if Peter Jackson can direct here, John Waters, uh, like Peter Jackson in the, like, because I always thought, I remember the first time I saw Meet the Feebles, I was like, oh, this yeah. is like Muppet porn. <laughs> this is like the most bizarre thing. I've really, seen. yeah. Well, there's that example. I think the only other example that I could think of of, of kind of like an alternative relationship would be that uh, Lars and the Real Girl, even though they don't. I guess they, mm. they they never imply that they have sex. They never say that they have sex. It's just as companion. But that's a great documentary. Is the one about guys guys and dolls. Yeah, the name oh, of the yeah, I saw that. That one will really. Uh, now I'm just thinking of that episode of Thirty Rock with James Franco and his uh, love pillow. <laughs> Kumiko. Well, that, that's another one. They have the love pillows. Yeah. Uh, back in the uh, Kirby um, 
anime otaku years of like 20 plus years ago that was when i first learned about the body pillow thing and i'm like oh, please <laughs> yeah please save us uh, <laughs> somehow like from ourselves but anyway that's all i gotta say about anything but adam's gonna take us here into the uh death match of the century oh yeah no we got a bracket going all right is that the football theme yeah victor's got to save up all his uh in-ring energy for the 16th here if you haven't caught his ultimate warrior performance you need to come out (laughs) to teenage mutant ninja turtles too i thought it would be fun to do a bracket on some of the stuff that we talked about last year um i had my wife and there's literally like yeah we're not joking about this yeah uh, so it's it's gonna pair movies against themselves, and we are gonna come out with one big winner. Now here are how many do we have in the bracket? We have uh, pairs of thirty-two. So we holy got, wow, we got we'll 60. be here the rest. No, no, it's not gonna take that long because we don't have to debate it necessarily. Okay. We just um, you know quick one word. Of. Yep. If you haven't seen the movie, or if none of us have seen the movie, it defaults to the one that we have okay fair deal um or if there's you know no vote for you know so you know you, you have one of you haven't seen it then it just defaults uh, okay so you don't have to worry about any of that saying oh i haven't seen that so then it yeah we'll just continue on all right make sense yep are you guys ready sure number one the adventures of pluto nash uh-huh versus the adventures of ford fairlane Pluto Nash. We got a Pluto Nash. What are we picking here? The better, the one that we want. The one that we want. Well, the one Ford Fairlane. Fairlane. Uh, I would have to go with Pluto Nash because I I actually do watch Pluto Nash. You dirty sons of bitches! This is fixed. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no. What is next, man? I'm already like, what's next? Daddy daycare? I mean, come on, dude. Almost. <laughs> Cabin boy. Uh huh. Versus Captain Ron. Cabin boy. Cabin boy. Yeah, it's cabin boy for sure. Sorry, Kurt. It's it's, it's such a good movie, Cabin Boy. Terminally These pipes are clean. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen versus Cowboys versus Aliens. Uh League of Extraordinary Gentlemen I've watched more times and will probably watch more in the future. I'm gonna have to go with League too. I have to go with League. I really I can't I can't get through Cowboy versus Aliens. Yeah terrible harrison ford performance literally phoning it in oh wait am i putting those in the wrong spot no no i'm fine okay good 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 league of oh uh next is explorers versus last starfighter last starfighter clearly yeah that's 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 hard i mean i actually do love explorers if you'd pick something else but last starfighter all the way it does it totally trumps it uh let's see big hero six versus iron giant big hero six i watched that again like uh, last night that movie has infinite replay value it gives you the feels like right here it's so good iron giant's good but big hero six is i do have to agree with that i want them to make sequels to that you know oh sure yeah uh dune versus blade runner i like both those movies but clearly blade runner is the better one yeah i think that has a 
I'm actually personally not a huge fan of either, but if I was going to pick, I'd pick Blade Runner yeah, over Dune. Anyway. I like the sci-fi Dune better than David Lynch's Dune. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I think they do a much better job with that mm-hmm. one. Uh, the Mad Max Road... Uh, sorry. You got Mad, that title wrong? Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> versus Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mad Max Fury Road. Fury Road. I didn't see that coming a million miles away. What we do in the... Sh- uh, here's another one. We are not the First Order, Adam. We are just saying <laughs> what? Mad Max Fury Road. What we do in the shadows versus Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little Big China. Big Trouble. I like both those movies, but, the, what but we do like is no fun. contest. There's a werewolf one. Yeah. Yeah, there you that's, go. That's a good that's werewolf Werewolves, one. not swearwolves. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world against Sucker Punch. I like both those movies, but I just I watched Scott Pilgrim like twelve hours ago. So <laughs> yeah, I watched Scott Pilgrim a lot. Yeah, Pilgrim. Again, I like Sucker Punch a lot. So yeah, I was I, gonna say that's gonna be hard for a Victor. Yeah. Okay, Mallrats versus Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, I like both those movies, but I probably watched them about as often. Uh, well, probably Mallrats would win just based on cultural cachet. I love Joe Josie and the Pussycats so much, but uh, the uh, Mallrats is gonna win. Well, I'll put down Mallrats. I am on the uh, opposite side of the fence. No, Josie is so underrated. Go it watch is. it right now. But yeah. I mean, because everyone's seen Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't hardly wait versus Dazed and Confused. Honestly, I probably watch Can't Hardly Wait more than I watch Days and Confused. Not not to say Days and Confused isn't a good movie. Yeah, I'm voting with my gut, people. Sure. Yeah, that's no, kind that's of the way I'm feeling too. You know, instant reaction. I really, it's very funny. Days and Confused, I loved it in junior high, but Can't Hardly Wait is literally the year I graduated. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna have to go to Can't Hardly Wait. See, this is my my attitude. I'm taking now with my top ten list and stuff. Yeah, I'm picking things that I feel have staying power versus like. You know, when people say Schindler's List is their favorite movie and they've only ever watched it once, mm-hmm. it's like, is it really, though? I mean, you recognize that it's good and that's all fine, you right. know. Anyway, go on. The Crow versus Lost Boys. <sighs> Finally, we've reached one that's very difficult. Wow. <laughs> I like both these movies so much. Uh, that's a great test for your rewatchable they're uh, both really rewatchable. No, that's what I mean. Is is that it's a very much if that's the question, that's a good litmus test. I f- right, here's what I'll hard. say. No, no, no. I'll say the Lost Boys because sometimes you have to be in the mood to see the crow. You can watch the Lost Boys in any given sure. moment. You'll stop flipping the channels if it was on. Yeah, versus like if you're at home and you watch the crow, maybe it's because it's like close to Halloween. Or you're feeling kind of like angry and down, you know? I feel like that's a mood movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And want to take revenge from Beyond the Grave for the death of your ex girl. Refer your death of your It's girl like band. it has more Beyond downer Zay. aspects than Lost Boy does, you know? It's like you don't want to watch a movie that's going to kind of bring you down a little bit. Excuse me. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to go with Lost Boys. Yeah, I am too. I think I watch that more often. Mm hmm. Okay, where am I here? Ooh, Babadook versus It Follows. Uh, It Follows. Um, I like Babadook, but I don't think it's infinitely rewatchable. It's still a good movie, but 
It Follows is more rewatchable. I watched It Follows three times in the theater versus the Babadook one. So yeah. I'm going to go with It Follows. I go yeah. with It Follows as well. Again, not to denigrate Babadook. Babadook I feel is like excellent. that's... I've seen so many top 10 horror lists that don't, for this year that don't mention Babadook. And I'm like, are you stupid or did you just forget that movie came out? Well, because it came out technically theatrically in 2014. But, I mean, it didn't... Most people didn't see it. Yeah. It was such a limited engagement. So, most people, it's the shout factory release yeah but but you know it, it stood out yeah, yeah it is it kind of weird that it, that it didn't make i mean not very many lists maybe like maybe one that i saw mm-hmm. that had Duke on it uh but again they, they were probably comparing it between those two movie it follows and, and mm-hmm. Duke. like when they think of some some of the lists when they think of horror they kind of yeah, yeah pick, i like, guess one out of a list that has you know the sci-fi yeah. and the drama and whatever interestingly Duke was my favorite movie when we did our top 10 last year because mm. I saw it, oh, me yeah, and Brian right, Polito right. saw yeah, it yeah, on yeah, yeah. in uh, saw it at Valley Art, or not Valley Art. Uh, yeah, yeah Valley you Art. saw it at the Valley Va- Art. Valley I Art. couldn't come cause yeah. for some reason. I remember. Yeah, we went and saw that, and um, that was like a couple days before Christmas. I remember. Yeah, it was a 2014. That yeah, so it was a 2014, yeah. but still a good. Anyway. It's still mm-hmm. good. Good selections mm-hmm. there. Uh, Cannibal the Musical mm-hmm. against Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen either of those. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Wow. God, man. Kirby? 2016, bringing out the confessions. Wow. I'm being honest. I'll... No, no, no. I mean, Victor no, I... really is, man. He's That's that's cool. I'm kind of shocked because I'd imagine you've seen both. Um, I have... I, no, I'll say I'm not a huge Mel Brooks guy. Um, And uh, Campbell the Musical is just one of those movies that like I've always meant to get around to, but mm-hmm. I haven't. It's it's good to watch with the commentary. Mm-hmm. Commentary. I always want to say commentaries, so I'm mix, mixing them two together because mm-hmm. uh, they drink throughout the whole thing and they just get, keep getting drunker and drunker mm-hmm. and drunker throughout. And then they give like the 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 girl in there who was what Trey's ex. Yeah. Later on, and just gives her such a hard time. It's like, oh, you left me. I'm a millionaire now. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Funny. Anyways, Kirby. Um, you know, really between the two, Campbell the musical is fun. Mm-hmm. Um. But Young Frankenstein obviously is infinitely more quotable, Absolutely. and it's it's actually one of the few Mel Brooks films I've enjoyed. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's actually kind of a toss up. Neither's perfect, but between the two, now if it had been like Orgasmo or something like that, then you know, it'd be all over. But, but it's not. Oh, yeah. But it's not. So I'm gonna have to go with Young Frankenstein. Me too. I can watch Young Frankenstein over and over and over, and they actually had a marathon on uh, on some channel. On New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, hmm. they just ran it all day. Kind of how they did with um, Christmas Story. You jawed that well down well, Igor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is next? We have Night of the Li- Oh, come on now, Night of the Living Dead versus Exorcist. <laughs> I don't even have to ask Kirby. Kirby now, and I have to go with the Exorcist. You know, I'm I'm gonna eat I. Clearly, already Exorcist one, but right. I would have said actually Night of the Living Dead. I've seen, and I love times. Night of the Living Dead too. But it's Exorcist favorite film. Can't, oh, yeah. can't be beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cabin in the Woods versus Cube. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I Cube like is Cube. super underrated too. Yeah. Incompletely, I, like, uh, I saw like rip that idea. Cube. 
Hypercube. Cube 2. I remember when, like, sci-fi would show them in blocks. Oh, yeah. In cubes. <laughs> Hypercube just sounds like such, like, a sci-fi original picture. It name. was, so though. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah. I did order it recently, also online from... The you know, funny thing is, that the Hypercube was directed by Vincenzo Natali, the guy who did Splice. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Got to get your start somewhere. Yeah, that you do. Uh, next up, we have Corman gives everyone a chance. We have Legend versus Willow. You know what? I watched Willow two days ago again. Um, but I like I like Legend. I like Legend more. I'm a hundred percent with Willow. I'm on Legend side. <sighs> Isn't that funny? Literally, you watched it again like two days ago. Yeah, I Legend seen is, it in years. Legend is, I watched it again recently. Love that score but and the visuals, but man, that movie literally will put me asleep yeah. every oh, time. Oh, sure. Right now, but I'm in that For point. me, it's the darkness. It just yeah. Yeah. Oh, the darkness. Right does. now, I'm in that point of the year where great, I'm actually keeping track of how many movies I see. This will last for like three more weeks. I've already seen 15 movies this year. In, in 2016? Yeah. Wow. Damn. Uh, Kingsman versus Snowpiercer. Uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Another movie that I'm not seeing on enough top ten list. Oh yeah, same with. I'm shocked. I saw Spy on a few of them. Sleepaway Camp versus Final Destination. Final Destination. Not that big into the summer camp movies. I think that movie Sleepaway Camp is all its twist. Oh sure, mm-hmm. yeah, and not Oliver Twist. Uh, much I love the original Final Destination, I'm always going to go with Sleepaway Camp. I will have to go with Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. I will say I'm glad none of the Final Destinations really ever specified if Tony Todd's character was anything more than a janitor. I just kind of, you know, seemed well, that was, way. He was a Candyman. Yeah. Uh, he was a crossover. He just didn't realize it. Fight Club versus Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Wow. That's a great on rewatchable that's, criteria. I would have to flip a coin there. Yeah. That's a I wouldn't, I, I, you know, I guess right now I'll probably say, no, nah, I'll go Fight Club right now. It doesn't matter. I'm fine with either one of these. I'm going to go Pulp Fiction. I got to go Fight Club on that one. And I, and I think some of these, it's just, you know, where I'm at mentally right now, too. Um, this, is there a fight is club going on in your garage, Adam? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Uh, don't talk about it. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 against South Park. This is a TV one. It's or, TV no, or the movie? No, no. This, we also have some TV ones that were bad. No, no. But both of these have movies. So we're, this is the TV show versus the TV show? Yes. Because otherwise she would have She would have specified longer, bigger, uncut. Okay. Whatever it's called. Correct. I'll say South Park. South Park, 100%. Okay. Either way, TV or movie. Right. Uh, Twin Peaks versus True Detective. Well, here's here's an interesting one because they both have disappointing second seasons. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say Twin Peaks because it also has an additional movie I enjoy more. So, I, I'm going to go with Twin Peaks, of course, but I did want to note... Uh, I actually just started watching True Detective after you guys because uh, 
I don't have HBO Go, and I buy the box set still. Mm-hmm. And I actually got the first season, the Blu-ray set, Blue Best Buy's Black Friday for eight bucks. Nice. There you go. Yeah. So that was the win for the week. The Lego Movie versus E.T. the Extraterrestrial. The Lego Movie. Honestly, I'd probably rather watch the Lego movie at this point. <laughs> as much as I, and that's not based on reason, reason. I recently, or I had watched E.T. again, and I'm like, man, this just doesn't hold up no, for me, personally. Uh, back to TV, we have Veronica Mars versus Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. I've never seen either. So it's oh. your vote, Adam. Uh-oh, because I was saying Veronica Mars. Uh, okay. I, I, I out like of a, the premise, I'd probably rather watch Veronica Mars, but I've actually heard really good things about the Gilmore Girls, so it's kind of 50-50 for me. Uh, convince me otherwise. Uh, I think Lorelai is cute. And I was going to say, was it Hotter Chicks? Was this going to be your Um, I, I would say probably... I don't know. I just wasn't into Veronica Mars. The whole, the whole thing is about... um. What's her face? Big eyes. Amanda Seyfried and solving her murder. And I just wasn't that into it. I think I was aged out. Big eyes. I just like it because it sounds. You sound like an old like movie Craig, like almost like in the old like Stan Lee kind yeah. of. Oh, big eyes over there. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I, it just didn't. It, 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 like you know, basically what I'm saying is the premise didn't grab me back when it was on UPN. Well, so I was never really that quite, into it. Quite honestly, we'll just. I'll put down Gilmore Girls because um, I don't think this is going to make it through the whole yeah. these two through the whole bracket. Sweet, regardless, because it's at a kind of a, it's at a tie. Alrighty. Shaun of the Dead versus Return of the Living Dead. I'll say Shaun of the Dead because basically, if I narrow it down, it's basically Crash that keeps me interested in that movie. Trash. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said crash. Oh, well, my bad. Okay. Slip. <laughs> you know who I meant. So you said Return of the Living Dead. No, no, I no, said, said Shaun of, of the Dead. dead. Shaun of the Dead. And he was saying trash, trash. what keeps him interested in Return of the Living the dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. But he the was other storylines aren't that interesting. So. Return. I have to go with Return. Okay. And I do love Shaun of the Dead as well. I think and... Shaun of the Dead has, is just a better story. But Hot story. Fuzz is the better movie. Mm. Bar none. Yeah, I agree with is that. Is that coming up next? No, Flash okay. Gordon versus Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, Flash Gordon. This is my secret shame. <laughs> I've never seen you Flash seen, Gordon. Oh, you never what? seen Flash Gordon? Really? I just, I just got it from Victor. I just gave it to you. you. <laughs> and I still haven't watched it yet. I do know the songs because my one of my best friends is, is a huge fan of the film and the Queen soundtrack. But um, I'm gonna go. I'll go on based on the musical parts. As much as I love the Queen Hendrick, I do love Fam of the Paradise. So I'll go with that because I have seen that several times. And and I do love Fam of the Paradise, but I have more of a soft spot for Flash Gordon. Makes so. sense. Mm-hmm. That kind of changed me as a as a young and young young young. Yep. Uh, let's see. We have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. The, the oh, that one. No, that's a sequel the prequel. Sequel. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The sequel Whatever. prequel. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, the prequel. The remake prequel. Versus the Evil Dead remake. Oh, I like the Evil Dead remake way more. Evil Dead remake. 
And yeah, that's what I really thought you were going to TCM, it. the beginning is just there because uh, Marcus and spell was stupid and cut off Leatherface's arm and killed Arlie Ermey. I always want. I really thought like let's kill off. That's one of the two things that made this movie good. I thought Anne was gonna <laughs> pick uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation oh. on that one, but which is out of print. Uh, by the way, I try to find that for less than seventy bucks right now. Are you kidding? Well, yeah. Well, wow. I, I should sell my five copies. Yeah. Then. Uh, the Shining versus Aliens with an S. Oh, uh, The Shining. Shining. The Shinin. If it had been Alien, that would have been tough. Yeah, I would have gone with Shining either way. Summer School versus Meatballs. Summer School. Summer School. Oh, my. Just rewatched yep. it a couple weeks ago. Still the best. Uh, getting towards the end here. Beverly Hills Cop versus Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard. I Die like Hard. Beverly Hills mm-hmm. Cop 2 better anyway. Uh, Friday the 13th against Halloween. Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Kirby's broken. Hurts <laughs> so bad. I, I, I really, I don't even know if I can do this one. I might have to abdicate my vote because I mean, yeah, sure. ha- Halloween is literally like one of my favorite movies, but I love Friday the 13th too. It's just too hard. It is literally too hard. I will add and cast you, it to my You need yeah, no, to going with Friday pick 13th. something. No, you know he I'm doesn't indecisive. Have to. He doesn't have to. It's, it really is difficult on that one. So Friday the 13th wins. Okay. I'm not a fan of Halloween. Uh, Heathers versus April Fool's Day. Heathers. Heathers. So that's round one. So you're getting a good inkling of our taste here, people. Now, we go to the, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I don't watch sports. but if it's The winners semi, semi go off against final, each other. Yes. All right. So, number one, we have The Adventures of Pluto Nash versus Cabin Boy. And I think I know where we kind of swim Pluto around. Nash. Cabin Boy. I say cabin boy on that one. I'm just being contrary now. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen versus Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter. Starfighter. Oh, I can't wait to see what number one is. What it mm. all comes down to. Uh, Big Hero 6 versus Blade Runner. Big Hero 6. Big Hero. Oh, wow. Mad Max, Fury Road, versus Big Trouble in Little China. Holy fuck. I told you it was going to get harder. It's only going to get harder. Easy for me. Big, Big Trouble, Trouble in Little China. 100%. Sorry, Mad Max, Fury Road. And that was like my third 100%. So we're yeah. at 300% <laughs> now. This is a good one, too. Scott Pilgrim versus Mallrats. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Agreed. Can't Hardly Wait versus The Lost Boys. <laughs> the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. <laughs> As I feverishly scribble. It Follows versus Young Frankenstein. It Follows. It Follows. <laughs> See, it's going faster now, too. Uh-huh. 
Uh, we have The Exorcist versus versus Cabin in the Woods. Uh, you know what? This one's hard because I like. Think I'll sit carefully I'll... about this choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I'll, we I'll know say... where you're going to be this I'll weekend. S- I'll say The Exorcist. You know what it is. I know that's what you said. I would have said Cabin in the Woods, but obviously Exorcist. Yeah, and I really I, do. I think this is as far as The Exorcist is going to get anyway. Sorry. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is great though. Ed. Uh, now we have Legend versus Kingsman. Ah, interesting. Ooh, I'm going with Kingsman on that one. What do you say, Kirby? I ever watched Kingsman a couple of times this year, or this last year. I'd probably watch it again before I'd ever watch Legend, personally. Right, let's go with Kingsman, then. If I had both of them sitting in front of me, you know, that's probably what I, where I'd go. It's amazing, I watched I mean, Kingsman it's amazing this how many weekend, modern films so. we've got already on this. Modern, you know... We're we're talking about atypical modern films, you know. No, we are, but yeah. it's interesting though. How many have won out like Big Hero Six, Lego Movie, against more classic fare? I mean, that's impressive mm-hmm. to show how good people say nothing is good anymore. Yeah, sure. How about uh, Sleepaway Camp versus Fight Club? Sleep. Who? Wait, what did Sleepaway Camp be? Uh Sleepaway Camp. Beat, uh, beat Final Destination. Oh, right. You guys went against me. Mm-hmm. So it's a sleepaway camp. <laughs> or Fight Club. Oh, clearly Fight Club. Look at Kirby's like I'm, dying I'm, inside. I'm, I'm going with Fight Club on that one. So Yeah, you'll win. So it's all good. Uh, South Park, the show, versus Twin Peaks. South Park. I gotta go South Park on that one, Kirby. Someone's gonna kill me for saying this, but South Park. Lego Movie versus Gilmore Girls. Uh, Lego Movie. Lego Movie. Somewhere Melissa McCarthy is dying inside. I think she's doing just fine without <laughs> having to rely on the uh, residuals from the Gilmore Girls at this point. Uh, re- Return of the Living Dead. Versus Flash Gordon. Well, what are you guys voting? Well, he hasn't seen Flash Gordon. Oh, he hasn't seen Flash Gordon. Return, though, would win, even if I probably hadn't okay. seen Flash Gordon. Just because uh, my love of Return is that you strong. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say Flash Gordon. I'm going to say Return of the Living Dead. Only because wow. I really love the soundtrack to Flash Gordon more than the movie itself. And I'd be more apt. Great I'd be more apt if the, they again, both like, have good soundtracks. They, they they do, but I would I listen to the soundtrack more than I watch the movie of Flash Gordon. Uh, I would and say I'd watch in the, the movie course of, of a year, the Queen version of Flash Gordon is in my brain more than any of the songs in the. They both have good soundtracks, right? Yeah. But I'd be more apt to watch Return of the Living mm-hmm. Dead and listen to the Flash Gordon mm-hmm. soundtrack. Man, dude, is that some Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon kind of thing going on there? This is a, it became a soundtrack war really quickly. Not really. Hey, sons, that's the heart of a film. Not non-musical yeah. even. Uh, the Evil Dead remake versus The Shining. Oh, The Shining. Shining. Duh. Yeah. Summer School versus Die Hard. Die Hard. I'm actually going to vote Summer School. I'd rather watch that. I got to go Summer School. Ooh, knocked out a heavy hitter early. Yippee Kaye. Friday the 13th versus Heathers. Heathers. 
Kirby's about to explode again. It is. It is Heather's. I. And I would, I would vote probably Heather's right now because I'm just so into it. As yeah. much as I love, because I'm going to say it's just based on Friday the Thirteenth and not the franchise, the film itself. Okay, next round. Mm-hmm. We have Cabin Boy versus Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter. I feel like Last Starfighter is just cruising to victory right now. <laughs> it's got the easiest bracket. There has been, yeah, like in no-brainer ones in here. Uh, Big Hero 6 versus Big Trouble in Little China, the two oh. biggies. Big Trouble. Yeah. Yep, got to go Big Trouble. I, I love Big Hero 6, but yeah, that he was, you know, Baymax wasn't going to win that one. Jack Burton doesn't lose. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus The Lost Boys. Uh, I'm going to say The Lost Boys. I'm also going to say The Lost Boys. I would say Scott Pilgrim, but we'll go with Lost Boys. By popular vote. Uh, It Follows versus The Exorcist. It Follows. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see the look on his face. (laughs) I, I have to go with the Exorcist. Yeah, it doesn't matter it, uh, what I yeah. say. I, you know, it's it's survived the test. That of one time. just, I mean, I, uh, it's just hard if a classic ends up against a uh, more modern feature oh, that, sure. that hasn't been appreciated. I mean, that one definitely ain't gonna win anything with me. But a couple of these are hard because even that last one, you know, it's funny. The Lost Boys, I actually enjoy more, but I'd probably rewatch Scott Pilgrim yeah, just because of how many times I've seen. So just if, for anybody who might be listening or thinking. I, I do think kind of what Victor says, right, and Adam and uh, all of us have talked about, but I think it's really important to think about what you would rewatch or the way you appreciate mm-hmm. that film on multiple planes. Absolutely. There's no, sa- I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, ha- there's no sacred cows in my voting. I'm just going by my gut at the moment. That's the way you got to do it. Kingsman versus Fight Club. Um, Fight Club. I'm just thinking directing. I, I, you know what I think, honestly, with Fight Club is just because I haven't watched it in so long. Whereas I've rewatched Kingsman a lot. So, but have you rewatched it a lot because it's so recent? Are we falling into that like end of the year critic think, trap where the I, most yeah. recent? I think things? it was the most. I think it was so interesting. But I will say, the first time I saw Fight Club, I it was so revolutionary to me. So I'm gonna go with Fight Club. I have to go with Fight Club as well. South Park. The TV show versus the Lego movie. The South Park TV show. South Park. Yeah, gotta go with South Park. Uh, Return of the Living Dead versus The Shining. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Some... I have already wrote it. That's I already wrote good. it down. Yeah, uh, summer school versus Heather's. 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 All right. Uh, second to last round here. The semifinals. Whatever it's called. The semifinals. Ooh. Okay. Here we go. Here's where the first starts flying. Mm-hmm. Cabin boy. <laughs> <laughs> the last starfighter versus Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble Big in Little Trouble. China. Oh, oh, never mind. Big trouble. 
<laughs> Sorry, Kirby. Lost Boys versus The Exorcist. The Exorcist, 100%. That's 400% now. Fight Club versus South Park, the TV show. Fight Club. I'll pick South Park. I'm going Fight Club. Okay. The Shining versus Heathers. The Shining. The Shining. Agreed. Okay, now we have Big Trouble in Little China. Is this the finals? This, well, this, uh, I, ha- I don't know. What do we have? Two more than that goes down to two and whatever. Anyways, so this, you'll find this, out. So this, this was the semifinals. quarterfinals. This is the semifinals. Yes. All right, got it. I should never be part of a fantasy league because I wouldn't know when yeah. my, my uh, jingo jangos, lingo langos. You can watch the league and then mm-hmm. you'll get I do, all... but I don't. I like okay. When they start talking about all that stuff, I kind of tune out and I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, where's Jason Manzoukas? That's all I care about. <laughs> uh, Big Trouble in Little China versus The Exorcist. Big Trouble in Little China. I'm going to lose. So I'm just going to live with it. I, I'm going to vote the... Between the films, honestly, The Exorcist is the better movie. Uh, but Big Trouble in Little China, as much as I love it, so I'm just still going to say Exorcist 100%. Again, if I had them both sitting in front of me, I'd go with Big Trouble. As That's, far as I, I, I knew. As I'm looking at a giant Jack Burton poster behind me, I know the odds. You don't think against. Big Trouble in Little China is, is more rewatchable than The Exorcist? E- even in this instance and stuff, for as many times as I've seen The Exorcist, as much as I've seen Big Trouble, I, I it's really, really difficult because... It's 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 just you can't win against your favorite movie. It's just not mm. possible. I just I mean I, and I, I do, just and looking I have, it objectively, I don't think it's as rewatchable. I think probably it's probably not, but yeah. I'm I'm still gonna say on this one I really I have to go because we're getting into that final round. Yeah. It's the better film for me. Mm. Yeah. And that and that's gonna be sometimes with a different South Park for me was the better show. Mm-hmm. I got more enjoyment out of that than I ever would have. Well part Fight of Club. me too is I didn't want a tv show to make it to the end yeah that was a little that was a little curveball now yeah. if you're thrown in the simpsons man we probably yeah. would have been into some serious fighting yeah. <laughs> so but twin peaks 2 was a good one i mean yeah. it's it's sure. a hard one what do we got next uh we have fight club versus the shining the shining, shining. so that brings it down to the final final shining versus big trouble in little china the shining versus big trouble in little china all right, I love Stanley Kubrick films. Um, I think The Shining is probably my favorite uh, Stanley Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. I do think The Shining is also very rewatchable. Um, I'm gonna. It's also pretty long. There's a lot of interesting subtext in The Shining too, but I hate Room Two Thirty Seven, so I'm gonna divorce that right now. Um. I, John, and to me, I'm I'm just gonna, I'm on my. So basically, to me, this is becoming a John Carpenter versus Kubrick thing. Okay. Um. I have a lot of Big Trouble in Little China merchandise. I don't have any Shining stuff. But that you have both, so that'll be interesting to see where you land on this. You know, I'm gonna say Big Trouble in Little China, just because it's in my top five. And Shining isn't. Gotcha. All right. Kirby? It's difficult because as horror 
is pretty much my life. They're both horror it, movies. It's really <laughs> hard to say. No, but Shine is the true horror movie. Um, it Big Trouble is the exploitation flick made mainstream, as mainstream as possible. But honestly, this is the one where the difference between the better... So here I'm flipping it. Even uh, Maybe it's because of the truly sacred cow for me of The mm-hmm. Exorcist. But honestly, as much as I love The Shining, the, the true heart for me is, is that Big Trouble in Little China is the film I'd rather watch between the two. And, and it, it really comes down to is, is that The Shining is classic and I love it and stuff, but mm-hmm. I the junk food mood is, is that... I'm probably gonna if big if I have the two films scroll, scrolling through cable, not looking at my collection, I'm probably gonna pick Big Trouble to want to watch again over yeah. the shining. And and that's the thing; it's two great directors, it's two great films. If this had come down to something else like The Exorcist versus The Shining, I'd still win. But man, that would be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the other films that were really really good on this list, but it's very strange for me to say when it really comes down to it that I would still pick it, but it feels right. I would also say, I, when it comes down to it, I'd rather pick a movie that was more upbeat in tone and ending than a downer movie. Right. Which I think The Shining is more of a downer movie. And that's kind of the great point, yeah. or the point you're trying to bring up, I think, with The Exorcist, is a downer movie. Yeah. But for me, there's something very uplifting about it, as opposed to The Shining. Mm-hmm. I don't find uplifting no, in any way, shape, or form. No, it's just a downer movie. It's just, um, it's a downer movie, and I do love a good downer movie. I don't know. In this bracket, it's it's got to be Big Trouble. And Big Trouble has the win. Because I think you... you <laughs> the, the sl- are we doing the slow, slow clap? clap. <laughs> I, but I do want to say a huge thing. I feel bad for... Ma- I feel like if Mad Max 3 Road had been on the other side of the bracket, it might have been more interesting. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I actually was watching to see only to see what side of the bracket you were on, mm-hmm. um, just because I did. I do think that some of the placement, but I, huge thanks to Am for making this yeah. list and and for doing this because this is like that's a lot of work and some really good choices yeah. there yeah. between modern and classic. But um, yeah, there were some big big names for new movies and some classic stuff. But I just I don't know. There's it's. I don't know. It's getting harder in these days. This and would age. be an interesting way to do a top, you know, of the year type thing. I would take our top list and then make a bracket <laughs> and see who comes comes out. See on what top. we really really think the best movie of the year is. Yeah, that's probably when it come down to fisticuffs uh-huh. at that point. No, I, especially I, if there's some stakes on it. No, know? I I think it was interesting just because I think there were a couple movies that got like you know I think. Last Star, Last Starfighter had a very easy bracket. It only made it to the quarterfinals, I think, because of that. But it's a good movie, nonetheless. I think Mad Fury Road had a really hard bracket. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it's true too. I mean, and the one thing that there's a spawn with the list is things like, I mean, you really do have to find films that are true head to head. Like it's funny one of the first, the first one of the first big ones I thought is like that's so spawn is the uh, Cabin Boy versus Captain Ron. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are films literally reached at the same time pretty much. Yeah, that are hand in hand. Uh, which, by the way, I do just want to say that uh, I thought about and it made me actually audibly laugh in the the shower this morning was thinking about chris elliott's performance in a scary movie mm-hmm. too has yeah. to be one of the most underrated performances of all time he he just completely i, I want to give him a hand yeah oh uh, to me it to me it's funny how close this came to being big hero six versus the shining 
That would have been really funny. Baymax can't say that. <laughs> Come on. But good, good. I, I don't know. Let us know in the comments what you think about maybe doing this for a top 10 of the year sometime or mm -hmm. maybe something else because this, this was actually really fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully yeah. you enjoyed it too. Let us know. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Nice, uh, in different experiment. I like when we play with different formats. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, join us again in another couple of weeks where I'm sure we'll probably be talking about our best of the year. We're all busy watching things. Um, in the meantime, you can go to cultfollowing.co and catch up on our recent reviews of our favorite holiday specials, the best in holiday horror uh, recent film reviews, a lot of stuff, and I'm sure we have more on the way. Um, join us on Instagram, Cult Classics AZ, Facebook, Cult Classics AZ, Twitter, Cult Classics AZ, and join us next week on the 16th uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze, Part 2, Pizza Party. Um, I would say join us on the 29th for Jump Cut Hackers, but that's sold out in four hours. So uh, I'm sure we'll have another cool event going on at the grid soon that we'll be talking about, you know, because uh, uh, these little events, you got to get your tickets quick. So look, join us on Facebook and you'll know when the tickets go on sale. Uh, I'm one of your three hosts for this uh, fine edition, Victor Marino, along with Adam. Meow. Kirby Nelson. Rust in power, Lemmy. Booyah. And uh, until next time, hail Satan. Have a good afternoon, Adam. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah! God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God.